welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. We're looking back at the Bruce Willis film, The Last Boy Scout. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereen. And I'm Clifton. Frank, this was one of yours. Uh, <laughs> the 30th anniversary. <laughs> the 30th anniversary was back in December 2021. Uh, mm-hmm. We couldn't quite squeeze it in then, but Frank wanted to do it. So here we yes. are. Yes. Yes. It's all <laughs> Last <me>. Boy Scout. <laughs> yes. 31 year anniversary this December uh, <laughs> in 10 months. Well, I mean, occasionally we look we, we look at stuff from time to time about anniversaries and this one caught my eye. So sure. Yeah, sure. And we, we couldn't get it in at the time. So we're, we're, we're giving it a shot now. We're doing it. Yes. Now. Yes. So. All right. Last Boy Scout stars Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. Willis plays private investigator Joe Hollenbeck, who takes a job protecting a witness, an exotic dancer played by Halle Berry in just her third film role. When the witness winds up dead, Hollenbeck teams up with her boyfriend, former football quarterback Jimmy Dix, to find the men responsible. The film was directed by Tony Scott, story by Shane Black and Greg Hicks, and Shane Black did the screenplay as well. The script was written on spec, meaning uncommissioned, Black was not hired by a studio or a producer for services to write the screenplay. He did it all on his own. And it set a record at the time for sale of a spec script, $1.75 million. We can't leave out the fact that the film was produced by Joel Silver, one of the most prolific producers in Hollywood and one of the hottest producers during that time. IMDb his name sometime. I bet everyone listening has seen at least 10 of his films. Minimum. Um... The film had a bit of a tumultuous production, which we'll touch upon, but despite the problems, the film was profitable, scoring $114 million at the box office off of just a $43 million budget. So, Frank, why don't you start us off? Why do you like Last Boy Scout so much? (laughs) Well, I I mean, at the time, I think it was it was definitely one of those things where I was I was into Shane Black as I as I've continued to be in Shane Black stuff. You know, I've enjoyed his stuff over the years. And it was one of those things where it's, I think the main thing about it is I'm Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis Mark for the most part at this time. So it's one of those things where I'm seeing pretty much everything and anything he's doing. And I just feel like it's so, it's, it's one of the last times that I think he's going to be Bruce Willis as anything less than, than a a caricature of himself. Cause this is pretty much like it for me. Cause after this it's, he stops acting and then he's just Bruce Willis in movies. It feels like for me, maybe I'm wrong. This early. I'd have to look at the chronology, but, but that's how I feel. It's like, he's like, this is the most, okay. like he, he's still doing some stuff. He's still trying some stuff. And then, but it's not just Ambrose Willis phone and stuff in. Okay. Um, you know, I thought that for the time it was interesting that it was, it was quaint. The idea of, Oh, they're going to be able to gamble on football. That's right. a bad thing. <laughs> like, you know, we'll, we'll never, that's never going to happen, you know? And now you, you know, in contemporary times, it's not like you can go a full football game without there being, you know, Jamie Foxx or somebody else telling you 12 times, you know, every commercial break that you can bet on sports here and there, which yeah, I think exactly. is funny. Um, <laughs> but no, I, it's, it's, I just think it's, it's one of those things where it's, you know, it, it's, a uh, you know, it, I remember the other thing when I thought about, when I thought about pitching this in the first place, I'm like, it's one of those movies that used to be, who was the cable company that would do the whole thing with uh, movies for guys who like movies. That was their tagline and they would run. Oh, Anybody remember was that? Yeah, that's right. Was it FX? No. Uh, was it Spike? Or oh, Turner? 
or TNT. Maybe Spike. I mean, it's Spike. Spike sounds right, but like the whole network was like, right. I wonder. I sure. mean, so I'm I'm curious if it's not like a weird like like if it was like TNT at one point or something like that. You know, I think it was I think it was American Movie Classics. I think it was American Movie Classics. It was guy movies for guys Ooh, who like no, movies. TBS. TBS. <laughs> really? TBS? TBS. Okay. Yes. Okay. I never would have got that. Um. But yeah, that was the thing. I'm like, this was one of those movies. I'm pretty sure like ran in pretty much heavy rotation on that on that station. Oh, it's made for it. You're, You're right. right. Like, it's <laughs> you know, I mean, and, yeah. the, and 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 I go. I know when we were again talking about it before we actually said, okay, we're going to do this. Like Tommy and I were like, you know, well, Tommy, you know, didn't really. I guess it's it's all on me. So I was the one who was talking about how you know, how, how infinitely quotable it was. And Tommy's like, yeah, yeah. And then now it's all me. But it's fine. I'll, I'll take this one. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine I'll, I'll go with it no. yes uh, fine I love the movie too I can't even lie I do love the movie yeah I allowed myself I won't leave you hanging out to dry it's just it's one of those cases if you can listen to what I said earlier yeah. oh my god I should stop looking at this, the, the stuff I used to love as a kid man. <laughs> still love the movie but it's just ooh, ooh. yeah well I mean again it's it's a product of its time it is from 30 years ago that's one yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah, this is not a movie that I could go. I, anyone I think would be able to go see today in a movie theater, and I don't mean just because mm-hmm. of the you know the, the the state of the world. I just mean the fact that they don't make this movie anymore. <laughs> this movie would right, not be no. greenlit today, and I think it is one of those no. things where, you know, um, I, I remember reading up on it that they said that Joel Silver had had originally made a deal with Shane Black that said, "Hey, listen, because you know, this was apparently it was called Die Hard at one point." Did anyone else see that? Yes, it was. Yeah, I yeah, did I see that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that he said, can I have that for nothing instead of nothing lasts forever, which is what originally Die Hard was going to be called. He's like, can I have this, the title Die Hard? And basically like, well, you know, I'll do you a solid on the next thing I need to make, you know. Right. And they went with this. And I think, and I think it nothing worked. La- you know, nothing lasts forever is the book that Die right. Hard is based on. Yes. Right. And, yes. and yeah, I'm not, and I'm not joking. Like that's, no, that's. No. That's a that's a real thing. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The even the even more interesting thing is again, it's is the fact that at one point that was a, a sequel to a Sinatra movie. Oh, <laughs> right. Nothing like, and he had at the time. Again, this is a sidebar about Bruce Willis stuff, but mm. apparently he had the rights of first refusal to do to do Die Hard. So in some alternate universe, there's a Die Hard with Sinatra <laughs> playing John McClane. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Know, that's awesome. I'd love to see that. So what that tells me, th- this was this was a bit of of an interesting one to research. Um, uh-huh. I had not seen it before, uh, before you know, getting up, getting ready for this episode. This is the one, like you know, wh- when you were pitching it last week. This is what I told you guys. Like this was always our third choice when we went to Blockbuster. Yes, right, and we just like never got around to see it. It was right. always, it was always like, like okay, if we don't find such and such, and we don't find blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. We're going to get, we'll go, we'll go with the last boy scout. We always ended up going with like, you know, you guys haven't seen a fish called Wanda. We should get a fish called Wanda. <laughs> right, you know what right, I mean? Like, right. like, so, so I didn't watch it till now. And, and, and th- this is not, uh, seven samurai in the sense that like, that this is everybody's like, like poured over every facet of the production <laughs> about this. And there's essays written about it. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So what was confusing about researching it to me, was that there's not a lot of like hard fast dates as- assigned to stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just like like a lot of it is like people talking about it after the fact, like recollecting about about making the movie. So I saw that Die Hard thing, mm-hmm. which 
I mean, this came out in 92. So that like Die Hard one had come out and Die Hard two had come out. So this must have been in production for a while is my yeah. guess, which is an un- uncommon. I mean, you hear you hear that from time to time, you know, such and such movie was in production and, and, and you know, um, in development for six years, eight years before something gets actually made. And right. so, you know, so I'm curious about about the timeline of all of this stuff here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I didn't realize what, you know, it's one of those things with regulation. It's hard to keep an eye on when things actually come out. And I didn't think it was as quite as close to to die hard as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, in reading up on it, it was kind of like Tony Scott was like the, the, the mentioning of it all was like Tony Scott, the director, was at the height of his powers. Bruce Willis is the height of his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel Silver was surely in the height of his powers. And um, yeah, so was um, Shane Black. So you had like yeah, this Shane major. Black, yeah, you may have, you know, these four you know forces coming together trying to make this movie and it doesn't sound like anybody enjoyed making it <laughs> that's that's no, the thing like it, everything i read up on it was like everyone yeah. hated everyone <laughs> else awesome. you know there was mm-hmm. not a lot of you know i mean as much as like the, the, there seemed to be some camaraderie between um damon wayans and and bruce willis on screen at least that they didn't get along off screen at all they hated each other right <laughs> which is yeah you know, and there are times. The other thing about it that I think is uh, that, that that I think is funny is just the fact that, like, I don't know. It's, I guess it's 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 odd to me that the the script was sell for as much as it did, and then there wasn't faith in the script that it needed to be changed. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. why would you spend almost two million dollars on a script and be like, eh, it needs rewrites at this point? Right, right. You know, so I let's, mean, let's make- get into that really quick, just so everybody is is caught up with with what it is we're talking about. Okay. Clifton, Tommy, you, did you guys trip over this information too when you were looking into it? No, I didn't. Okay, I didn't come across any of it. Tommy, what about you? Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I did. I did looking <laughs> up his stuff, and I came across okay. that as well. Yeah. So, um, I'll start it off, and then you guys can you guys can uh, jump in. I'll, I'll I'll pass the baton to you guys at some point. So yeah, so like Frank was saying, this movie was made when all of these guys were at the height of their powers. And and the quote that I saw reading about this is that like there there was four alpha males making this movie right. Uh, Tony Scott is fresh off of like Top Gun and Days of Thunder, so you know he was pretty confident in his ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Willis had just done you know two Die Hard movies and was yeah. you know one of the biggest stars in the world. You know Shane Black had a lot of success, just sold you know the most ex- the 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 most expensive spec script of all time at the time for this movie that they're working on. Right. And Joel mm-hmm. Silver, like we said, huge, huge hotshot uh, producer at the time. Everybody had an opinion about like what, what movie should be made. Yes. <laughs> it was interesting to me that I saw was, um, the wife character was a lot more prevalent mm-hmm. yes. in the original draft. Yeah. And from my understanding is, is that Bruce Willis was basically like, I just did a movie where like I had to save my wife. <laughs> right. I don't want to do that again. Let's change it. And yeah. so you had rewrites, which Shane Black had said later on that, like he had to do multiple rewrites on this script. Yeah. More so than anything else. Yep. He had said he had done more rewrites in this movie than any other film in his career, mm-hmm. which is like, which is nuts to me. Like you said, like, like yeah, there's no, like nobody had faith in the script that everybody liked. <laughs> right. Well, the funny right. thing, the, well, the other thing is about it that I, that I find, you know, if you watch other Shane black stuff, there are definitely moments of, to me, what we watch it. I'm like, well, this feels very much like lethal weapon <laughs> or mm-hmm. this feels very much like 
Die Hard or, you know, some mm-hmm. of the other stuff that he's done. And I felt like I, maybe I just hadn't considered the fact that, uh, that, that it, I, it almost feels like he just took bits and pieces from other stuff and sort of might've stitched it together. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's not, it's not entirely, you know, it's not quite the same feel as some of that other stuff. Right. You know, that's the thing. It's kind of like, well, you know, I mean, it, 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 I, that was the thing about, again, when I saw the thing about the rewrites, I'm like, maybe he just was like, screw it. I'm just putting this in here because I know people know me for this and they like me for this, you know? Right. It has a Shane yeah. Black, it has a, this is a Shane Black moment, there's a Shane Black feel. Did you see what some of that stuff was in the original script? Like what it occurred? Mm-mm. No, that stuff I did not see. No. no. No, I, I was reading some stuff and some stuff was just way over the top. Like it was so much more violent in the original script than it was in what was produced. Like uh, the villain had a larger backstory in which he did snuff films and would just <laughs> kill people like whole entire families. I mean, <laughs> the guy that's portrayed there was Come on, Milo played by Taylor Negron. Yes, Back- he's okay. like. Yeah, he's a dirtbag in the original screenplay. I mean, I mm. thought he was a, a little bit quirky weird in this, but. In the original screenplay, he's just so much more like the worst person in mankind type of imagery that comes to mind with this. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of the stuff that um, comes across in the original script, I can understand why they took it out or why it wasn't what they went with originally. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still, that was one thing that I didn't, you know, in rewatching and I was kind of surprised that I didn't recall. And maybe it's just, you know, you watch too many of these movies over the time of our lifetime. You're like, oh, wow, that's some really hardcore violence. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah, some yeah, of it I, yeah. you know i you know just the opening bit alone you know at the at the at the the what is it the stallions and what's the other football team oh the, the anyway the, the game that's being played with Jeff, <laughs> yeah with billy cole <laughs> yeah um that whole scene is like i you know i remembered i thought they you know maybe it was just i've been watching it maybe that's what it was maybe i'd seen it on tv too many times since then <laughs> <laughs> that they cut mm-hmm. away but when when he you know when he basically gets you know kneels in the end zone you know after making oh his, yeah yeah that whole scene is just like god that's horrific yeah and i hadn't remembered it being quite so graphic and or violent i thought oh you know it surprised me too i mean yeah. i had seen you know i've seen a lot of a lot of like these kind of movies like from mm-hmm. the day and stuff right. like that and it like yeah and and for it to I mean, like the helicopter bit at the end, <laughs> I know too, which I'm like, yes, oh, yes. like they yeah. don't cut away, yeah. like no, <laughs> you no, know, they, they cut away in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Cole's last words in the original screenplay: He was supposed to say, "I'm going to Disneyland before he shoots himself." <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, <laughs> just like, yeah, that's what I said. I was like, "Yikes!" Yes. <laughs> no, the thing that the other thing that I, that I noticed about that opening scene was that I didn't realize that Billy Cole was played by Billy Banks. Yes, the guy typo. that created yes. typo. <laughs> yes, that never. Yes. I never knew that. <laughs> I didn't realize that either. Uh-huh. Um, I was wa- I was watching it with my wife, uh-huh. and my wife looks at me and she goes, "Is that Billy Blank?" <laughs> I'm like, "I don't know." And right. then she's like, "Hang on," and yeah. she gets her phone and she's like, "It is." And yeah. she's like, "I thought so." I was like, "Oh my god!" Like you recognized it. <laughs> yeah, I was yes. watching. I was watching it, so I was, you know, it was one of those services where you can stop and like, you know, basically like pop up video, look and see who's who's in it. And I was like, "Oh my god, it is him." The other cameos. There are so many cameos in this movie. Okay. Okay. In the beginning scene, um, right before, like in the locker room, there's uh, somebody that calls out to um, um, Billy Cole or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know that that scene is that that actor is Morse Chestnut. Oh, is it really? 
Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a blink and he'll miss his face, but it's wow. Morris Chestnut. And that's the only time he's in the movie. Huh. I didn't yes. know that. No, I watched it because oh, I watched. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You watched I, it? No, I was just going to say, I, like, I got to watch it, but I definitely watched it in chunks. And while I was doing other stuff, because I've seen it before, I'm like, oh, I'll, you know, I know enough of this movie. But yeah, I didn't realize that was him at all. But what else were you going to say, Tommy? There's another one that's you catch, you'll miss it. It's James Gandolfini. Mm. Like when he, when, um, Damon Wayne's character is about to throw him off the uh, building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's one of the thugs that takes him and pushes him off the building. And he's the one taking pictures. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I thought I recognized him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you see it's like, huh, they didn't get a speaking role in this movie. No, that must, wow. the job, that must be the job he had as a thug before he took on Alabama in, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alabama yes. Worley in uh, yes. <laughs> True, Romance. True Romance, which would make mm-hmm. sense. So yep. it would. Also, Tony Scott, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. Likes his people. Yes. But that and was of course is Rick. Go ahead. No, I said the no. I was, I was going to continue along with just the 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 vi- like the level of violence again was one of those things that just was like that just is jumps off the screen <laughs> in so many scenes mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah, every every gun is like a hand cannon. The way it just blasts off and kills people, man. <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's got it definitely has that that um that Raiders of the Lost uh, Lost Ark feel. Like Indiana Jones' yes. hand cannon gun is always like that. It's like <laughs> twi- three times as loud as a normal gun should be in in anything. Mm-hmm. Indeed, same as this. Well, we, who else are you gonna say, Tommy? Oh, then there's the other ones like what uh, Zach mentioned earlier with Halle Berry being her third film, mm. and this is what she does. And then we have the comedian Rick Dukeman, the guy that gets. That's in near the pool. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's there too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, Eddie Griffin's the DJ in the strip club. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, okay, he's in this movie too. It's like so many people are just giving a shot real quick mm-hmm. to to make their mark, and it's and it's done. And it, but what's even more interesting um, that I was looking up is some of the people that should have played the role mm-hmm. before they came to um, Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. Mm-hmm. Um. God, I'm trying to think of, uh, Jack Nicholson was supposed to be Joe Hollenbeck. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said, too. I was like, huh. And then, um, what's the name from Lethal Weapon? Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson. He was yeah, supposed uh-huh. to play Damon Wayans. Oh, really? Yes. He's supposed to be the quarterback? He was supposed to be a quarterback. So you got a Nicholson and Mel Gibson as those two? Yes, Oof. and here's the and here's and here's That's the a lot of crazy. moment. Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> That's a lot of crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the laugh out loud moment. Halle Berry wasn't supposed to be there. Okay. Uh, if if it was up to, I think, Tony Scott. He wanted um, Grace Jones. Grace Jones? Yeah. <laughs> he wanted Grace <laughs> Jones. They said no. Hmm. We can't. <laughs> Somebody else. I was like, oh, wow. Grace really? Jones. Yes. It's huh. a random choice. I, I said the same thing, but yet, however, here we are. Because we hadn't, when I'm trying to think, that's you said this is '92, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the last so thing, once you, once you do the James Bond movie, well, uh, yeah, View to a Kill, right? Mm-hmm. Because View to a Kill is like '80, uh, four, '85, '85. Is yeah. it that? Is it '85? I think. Yeah. Yep. If production took as long as it did, she's fairly popular at this time. And last yeah, Boy Scout was '91. Because mm, she's in. I mean, Boomerang comes out in '92 as well. Yes, the, yeah, next year. Yes, it does. <laughs> Marcus. Because she's, <laughs> she's in that. Yeah. That's sort of thing. What else she would have been in? But yeah, that would have been the thing that, like, the other thing that might have at the same, the same time or same year. So, yes. 
But I just don't see uh, Grace Jones on the pole, at least not for no. <laughs> not, not for Mel Gibson, at least. Because <laughs> it would have been for him. Yeah. It would have been for him. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? The trivia on this thing is amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, again, it's one of those things where I know they were, that were, that was one of the things I read about the whole rewrite deal was the fact that they really wanted Bruce Willis bad for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, they are willing, I guess that's part of the reason why they were willing to make compromises. But again, you know, <laughs> again, it's still, still, still have trouble with the idea of you spent $2 million on something that you're like not okay with in order to get, I guess, I mean, I guess at that point it was like you figured Bruce Willis in an action movie was pretty much a license to print money. So, you know, you were going to make that. Sure. Yeah, it did earn that money coming back. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. I feel like the the script war, the the bidding war, probably came from Lethal Weapon because that mm-hmm. was Shane Black's previous script, ah, Lethal Weapon One okay. and Two. But it probably yeah. came with Lethal Lethal Weapon One, where like you've got a new writer, he's got a big hit, and now everybody wants to go get something else from that writer, and the writer's been writing stuff for years and has like a ch- trunk full mm-hmm. of old scripts. Yeah that all of a sudden are now worth something that weren't worth anything before. And it was probably one of those scripts. It was probably one of his trunks, one of the ones he pulls out of the trunk. And then it all became a situation of every studio not wanting another studio to have a lethal weapon. So yeah, that's why, right. that's why it happens. It's more about keeping your competitor from getting something than it is about you doing it yourself. Right. I hmm. could see that. I could see that completely. Cause there, there, there was the, I tripped over a bit about Shane Black's like what he was going through as he wrote this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and he was saying that basically he was in like kind of a dark place at the time. And he, he was, he was saying, you know, um, he had just lost the the first love of his life. You know, okay. we don't know Damn. circumstances, if it was divorce, like what happened, but he said, we, you know, I just lost the first love of my life. He hadn't written anything for like, for two years. He said, I spent two years basically smoking cigarettes and reading detective novels. Yep. <laughs> Right. And then he was like, it was under, it was in that mindset that he wrote this movie when he came out of it. And he was like, it was really cathartic. And a lot of like my feelings and all that stuff like went into this. Um, and that, and that makes sense that like you, he would have like this two year gap where he's not writing. And then, but you know, it just seems that like, like what you're saying, Clifton, like it would measure up with all that. Like, Hey, I got this other movie called Die Hard in production. Right. right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and suddenly he's really hot because he's sold Lethal Weapon and all this stuff now. Yeah, but as far as far as like his feeling, I think like the movie I think reflects like what I imagine he was going through. Yeah, you know, but the Holodeck's character it's a little misogynistic. Yeah, <laughs> a little, a little, <laughs> a little. It's a little. Oh yeah, my gosh. I'm scrunchy facing over here. You guys can't see. Yeah, like, yeah. Misogynistic. Yeah. Well, yeah. the women involved in the film. One of his is uh, a potty mouth daughter that just doesn't listen to him, right. but it's just mm-hmm. the how she looks. The other one is his wife that that cheats on him and is not remorseful about it till the very end when he risks his life and almost uh, is is taken out several times. And then there's the Halle Berry's character who who's a stripper but yet has connections to a, a NFL owner. <laughs> able mm-hmm. to blackmail him. I mean, that, none of the women look positive in this in any way, shape, or form. No. No, I think the, the closest you get to a moment where someone's doing, you know, doing something solid for a woman in this other than them investigating Halle Berry's character's death is when he when Jimmy picks up that football and nails that guy in the face to the one, yes. that's, mm-hmm. the one that's basically trying to drown that girl in the, in the jacuzzi. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's one of the uh, best, yeah. 
Yeah, but we also get something similar with the flashback with um, Joel Hollenbeck when he decks the senator. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. I mean, that was one of the things that, that I didn't really think about ever before this was watching this was that Hollenbeck is basically Helen Beck. Right. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, which is yeah. which is when mm-hmm. when you think about the meta context of of Shane Black writing it, I'm like, well, that makes sense. That's you know, that it's it's a good timey, it's a good old fashioned you know detective kind of name as well as the fact that you know Helen Beck works as well. So, right. Yeah. That was something else. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I can see that. But, but yeah, the the I mean, that's one thing in, in you know with with the cameos. But looking at the main cast, the cast is pretty. I mean. It's pretty good. I mean, it's one of those things where you can tell they spent a lot of money on their stars. And then there's a lot of like character actor type people, except for, you know, Halle Berry's in her third movie. Everyone else mm-hmm. is pretty much like, oh, I know that guy or I've seen that person before. That's how I felt watching mm-hmm. it again. Did anyone else? What's his name from? Um, yeah, I was going to say Senator. Um, God, Senator. Uh, I forget his name. The Senator. Yes. He was also mm-hmm. in Major League. That was. Um, yep. What's his name from Major League? Mm-hmm. He's Harris. Eddie Harris. Yeah, yeah, Eddie Harris. Yep. Yes. Who's always terrible. There there's um the guy, the guy that that was was his best friend that was also, you know, cheating <laughs> that he was cheating with his wife you know. Mm-hmm. Um he was he was I remember the sheriff in my cousin Vinny. And mm. you know, and like he's one of yes, those that like yes, you know, he was. he's one yes, of those guys was. whose names I don't know, but I've seen him in a million things. Yeah, Bruce McGill. Right, you know. Yeah, Bruce McGill okay. was He's also D-Day in Animal House. Okay. That's what I know him as. He's D-Day from, from, from that one. But yeah, he's been in a million things too. Mm-hmm. I think he was on like a boatload of MacGyver episodes back in the day. <laughs> if I remember correctly, like he was a recurring <laughs> character, I think. I want to say that's, yeah. that's something that it was. I say he's, he's still doing stuff now. He's in that new Reacher series on um, um, Amazon oh, really? Prime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's still, still getting work. Okay. What struck me watching it is, is and, and admittedly, like, I don't really have an answer for this, but I'm curious what you guys think. Like, um, action movies happen all the time still yet, but there's something like really kind of specific about like late 80s and early 90s action movies. And I can't quite figure out what it is aside the fact that they were, that they were like unapologetically rated R then. Like, uh, they, were, they were like, you know, we're, we're, we're going to. Okay. <laughs> So basically the idea at one point, and I remember reading, I think it was a, a an article in the, in the time, in the New York times or in the Washington post, I can't remember where, but the idea was that it wasn't something like there was a mandate or anything put out, but there was a decision made that um, just from a standpoint of making money that you would make more money um, in PG 13 movies, stuff that skirted right. being R rated sure. um, mm-hmm. in both box office, as well as like, direct like buying stuff for home like people who wanted at the time would buy like the blu-ray or the dvd or whatever or vhs but i think at that time um mm. they would they would do that if you know there would be an opportunity for them they would sell much more you know they almost joked about it being like there's more babysitting money than there is people that are willing to say oh i went and saw an r-rated movie mm-hmm. right there was this, there's definitely again you know when we talk about the high level of violence and and language in this movie um there's a lot of people that would shy away from the just the, the 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 principle of they're not into that, as well as the fact that they don't want to be perceived as being into it, even if they're into it. Right. And that was what that was that was the the thought process behind it of like, well, we should stop making our rated movies, and we make PG thirteen every now and then. You know, you know, someone gets their head blown off or thrown into a helicopter or 
you know, mm-hmm. you accidentally you accidentally see someone with their top off, that kind of thing. And it just sort of happens. But then we go right back to be like, oh, no, it's a PG-13 movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And one F word. Yeah, right. Just one. Just right. one. Right in the right place. Someone says it yeah. at the right time, you know. As opposed to the 102 that was in this one. It's 102? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's Goodfellas, but still... Yeah, it's like still, a peacemaker just, episode. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. So again, I think that's that's the, what that's what I had always heard was the reasoning behind it was they were it, it was an easier sell, basically mm-hmm. for across the board. That's why they went away from being you know a straight up R rated movie. And there was even like sure. there was there was even a push of like, well, shouldn't there be movies that are still R rated that are not necessarily you know a gore fest or you know. Or, um, you know, an, er- an erotic journey from, what is it, to Minsk? Like, something like that. Right. Where it was just, <laughs> right. I mean, stuff that was definitely made for adults, but at the same time, um, you know, and it, but, but the trend is, has continued to just be like, now we'll make a PG-13. And then, or the, the other the idea was, you know, you could do PG-13, and then remember also in the, in the, in the mid-90s, you got a lot of, like, uncut versions on Blu-ray or, or yeah. Um, or DVD or VHS that basically showed you stuff that wasn't in the theatrical cut because, again, they knew that they could sell it easier that way than trying to get people to go to see the movies if it was R. I feel like, too, I, I think you're 100% correct about that, too. I mean, like, you know, I, I look at Live Free and Die Hard as, as my proof of that, right? Mm-hmm. The Die Hard 4 is, is a PG-13 movie where all the previous iterations of it at that time were all rated R movies. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just screams to me completely that it's like, we get... You know, we do PG-13, we get the kids that go, that get, you know, get off from junior high and go, you know, go to the mall and they can go see this. Well, the right? thing we're is, making, we're making a, a, a lot more money this way. Sure. Well, the right? thing is also the idea, like your parents might be a little cooler, like, you know, they might be all right with the idea of PG-13 where R is like, well, there's no way you're going to an R-rated movie. Right. Sure. Because yeah. an R-rated movie in their day meant, you know, <laughs> it was, it was R. So, you know, or a hard R. But the other thing that kind of strikes me about 80s and 90s action movies is is now when when they're made and they're over the top mm-hmm. there's kind of a cheekiness about it mm-hmm. if that makes sense maybe that's just me that, that, that like i'm just putting that onto the movies but it feels like there's a there's kind of a uh um not disingenuousness to it but it's like it, it feels like in the 80s and the 90s like like there was a sin- sincerity to like we're being over the top here, but we, but like, we think everybody's going to really like it and it's cool. Right. Like, right. Like, like his bit at the end where he's saying like, it's the nineties. Now you can't just hit somebody. You got to hit somebody, have a cool one liner. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surf's up pal. But, but I feel like that there was a sincerity that people thought that was cool still like then. Whereas like now it's like, that's a homage or that's a joke or that's right. That that's mm-hmm. a winky like at, at, at the audience. Right. Well, I mean, does that make sense? It does, but I mean, what I think again when I was thinking more about like Shane Black in general, I was thinking the idea of, you know, there's the I think of like all the Mel Gibson Three Stooges stuff, right? You know, the idea yeah. of like the, yeah. the slapsticky stuff that that they get included in that movie, and then I think of the idea with this one, I was like, there's a certain amount of Warner Brothers violence to some of these movies. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? The idea that the violence is committed are is like what would have uh, like if people were cartoons, like. You know, mm-hmm. wh- you know, it, if you took the Acme joke one step further with a coyote and it was graphic as opposed to being right. cartoony, when you apply that to real world people and real world like physics, 
you have people going into helicopters or you have, you know, a, a, a handgun in a, in a, in a cat puppet, <laughs> you know, right. that kind of thing. Right. That's where that's to me is like a lot of like, you know, that, that type of that, when you talk about like those nineties movies where they kind of like didn't shy away from it, but it's kind of like, Oh, this is really cool to see this. Oh, mm-hmm. you just talk about ultra high violence. Like for example, the fact that Bruce Willis can punch a guy, kill a guy with one punch, that type of situation. Oh the, yeah. The, touch me again and I'll kill you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is, which, which at the time as a kid, it seemed cool. The fact that he could kill somebody with one punch mm-hmm. and, the, and the dude's amazement at it. But no, I agree with what you're saying with everything. Everything was ultra violent in that movie. Like, for example, uh, in the first scene, well, in the alley scene, mm-hmm. Bruce Willis kills him with a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's and it's like, oh, this happened. Or when um, Halle Berry's character, Corey, gets gunned down and you see her face drenched. I mean, it's just her face. I mean, you see her face stunned, you know, covered in blood. And then Damon Wayne's character just rushes dude and just hits him with the car and just like just (laughs) just takes out his legs right then and there before uh bruce willis gives him another headshot like everybody died from a headshot if you notice even billy blake's running with the football Mm -hmm. in the rain in the dark is able to take out people with headshots which is over the top crazy um no but i agree with you saying frank with the uh over the top violence and the most comical in the sense of what's being created or what's yeah. being done. I mean, definitely it's one of those things where I don't know if, again, again, I don't, this movie couldn't be made now. I don't think. And it's definitely a matter of the idea that at no point are you supposed to question the fact that Bruce Willis and, and Damon Wayans are the heroes of this movie mm-hmm. and their body count is astronomical. <laughs> yeah. They're just killing people yeah. left and right. Mm-hmm. You know, in this movie, lots of people die at their hands. I mean, granted, they, you know, they, they, they take a fair amount of, of beatings and, and, and or shootings or stabbings. But, you know, some of the stuff was nuts. Like, sure. For example, that one scene with the limousine driver, mm-hmm. like all they did was want to tell him there was a bomb in the car. But Bruce Willis mm-hmm. shoots him when he comes out the car. Yeah. 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 This- I, that, that struck <laughs> me, too. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, why do you have to kill that guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's I, I mean I don't know. I mean like yeah, it it is ultra violent, but that's kind of not the charm of the, of these movies for for me for some reason. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on what it is I'm trying to say, but there's just there's something there's something about the movies then that's that's different now. Then this different from like a Fast and Furious movie now, right? The, 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 as 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 one of is one of like the only examples of an action movie out there that's not based on an existing ip already which is ironic because it is it in and of itself now is is a very successful franchise and ip right mm-hmm. um but yeah i um i don't know this this movie was uh, it was pulling me in a million different directions while i was watching it on one hand i was like nostalgic on another hand i was like you know i i, I had forgotten that 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 so many of these of these movies can can be made with sort of like I, I, I guess like like we don't care about plot holes <laughs> <laughs> anymore, right? Like, right. You know what I mean? Um, but overall, I have a question though mm-hmm. for you and Clifton. Would you did you like it? Well, like man, <laughs> because me, uh, you know, uh, teenage uh, Tommy loved this movie because I didn't know any better then. But you know. I mean, I still like it for the action sequences. You know, the story's all over the place. There's there's so many things that when I watched, I was like, why did he do this? Right. Why haven't they mm-hmm. killed him? Why are they letting him talk still? It's just it's it's, it's compounded. And then and then, uh, uh, why did they keep uh, 
punishing or torturing them without taking them out. You know, I mean, they put bombs in people's cars to take them out before they see them. But yet, however, when met with the actual uh, person that stop you from doing the actual thing that you want to do, you want to talk it out with them? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Again, what did you guys think of the movie itself? Because you already know what me and Frank think of the movie. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'll let you go first. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked it all right. Um, it was definitely... Like I've got having no, no zero connection to it before I had no nostalgia going in. So I'm, you know, I'm looking at it from completely me now. (laughs) And, but I also like, I can look at different movies from different years and appreciate different things about them. Um, just from, Mm. you know, just experiencing different movies over different years. And it was a little, it was a little rough at first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where I was like, I, like uh, I was like, I'm not quite into this, and then and then it's definitely some problematic, some homophobia for sure. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those yes. things where you're like, yes. ugh. ugh. Mm. But as far as like overall story, like I like Tony Scott. Uh, right. He's a solid director. Mm-hmm. I like True Romance a lot, which has again, like if we were to watch it now, it would have some of those same product of the time problems. I, I think for sure, it's been a while since I've seen it, but. I'm sure there'd be the same types of stuff. They'd be like, yeah, that's, that's a little cringe now Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, to, to experience. But I mean, he was a solid director and like he does, he does present things well. And like, by the end of it, I was, you know, I was into the story and was following along. Like, I mean, I kind of get it. Um, Like I don't, I don't poke for plot holes too much myself. I was just like, if, Mm -hmm. if I like the feel of a movie, I'm like, I'll just go along with it. Um, but I do think like they were kind of keeping him alive. I thought it was cause they had to, they had to keep Bruce Willis alive for his, for them to be able to frame him. Like mm. they just needed to be able to uh-huh. keep him around to keep setting him up for different crimes that they wanted him to take the fall for. That's all I got out of that. But yeah, I mean, it was all right. I mean, I probably wouldn't watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, uh, also, I knew Halle Berry was in it and then I watch it and I'm like, Oh, like she's not really in it. <laughs> Cause no, like, everything not, no. since then, because she's yeah. Halle Berry, everything since then gives her tons of billing for this movie where they're, yeah, they're yes. happy to put her name all over it. And then I watch it and I'm like, Oh, well, there she goes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised that her name was still like in the opening credits though, which I'm mm. like, even still like looking back, I'm like her third movie. Right. But yeah. You know, and yeah, and it's not like she's in it for a lot of time, but yeah. it's like they no, it, it's like they knew how big she was going to be. Right. Um, yeah, I, to answer your question, um, <laughs> I was really surprised watching this movie. I, I, you know, I've known you guys forever. You know, like like I I know I have a pretty good idea about like the stuff you guys like and your tastes, right? And what struck me watching is, I guess. I, I was surprised when it, when the story wasn't tighter, I guess. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, like, like I always think about that at least like, like, you know, Frank or Tommy recommends something to me. Like I'm going to get a tight, I'm going to get a tight script. That's going to have like these twists and turns to it and everything like that. And this one, this one was, would seemed very just like, like I said, just kind of like all over the place. Now, like after I watched it and I started like, researching it because I didn't want to research it before having not seen it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm now more fascinated knowing about like 
how many arguments there were on set making this thing. Because now <laughs> the movie is kind of an interesting, like, like whose vision is this scene? Like, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm looking at it like scene yeah. for scene and I'm being like, this seems like not, not to put it this way, but it's, this, this seems like a scene that Bruce Willis won the argument. And this mm. seems like a scene where like Tony Scott won. And this seems like it's right. You know what I mean? And maybe yeah, this no, scene has like an way. inkling of, of what Shane Black maybe intentionally like in initially thought, uh, you know, when writing it. And, and it's kind of an interesting movie in that way for me now. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Definitely with what, you know, knowing now what you know before. Did you do your research before or did you just like, I'm just going to watch it and then I'll do my research? No, wa- watched it first and then and then did my research. But, you know, like I said, and I did find myself feeling like really nostalgic about it, though. Like mm-hmm. I do kind of I do. I do miss these kind of movies mm-hmm. sometimes, <laughs> you know? Um, well, I'm, I mean, my thing is, I'm not, you know, when I when when I've recommended stuff to you, this is not, I don't I think. <laughs> I think part of it was the nostalgia and part of it is I genuinely like this movie from the time, you know, but at the same it time, it's, out. it's, it is also problematic because it was made 30 years ago. But, you know, like I said before, you know, I think a lot of it is because of Bruce Willis and I was, you know, a mark at the time, but I also feel like it's one of those things where I, you know, I just don't, I don't think this movie would make my like, top 20 like that's not what's not one of those movies but at the same time it is a movie that i know it plenty of times when it's been on tv or you know on cable i'm like i went oh it's that scene i enjoy this scene this Mm. scene's fun you know or take you know you know again it's one of those things of like or or, you know like the 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 scene with uh um you know play some rap music you know there's lots of great lines from it that i enjoy you know that's that's fun um you know, old Satan Claus is out there, Jimmy, you know, that whole thing. Mm. And again, I, it's one of those things where I like, I, that's why when you're, when, when I, I never would recommend it to other than parsley, I guess the only reason I brought this up was when I was looking at 30th anniversary, I'm like, that's really weird. I don't know anyone who really talks about this movie like that. <laughs> like, I don't mm. know when, like, oh, yeah. like there's no blurb on like, I guess like extra or entertainment tonight or anything. that's like, it's the 30th anniversary of the last boy scout. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what struck me about. I'm like, but I like this movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why, that's why I recommended we, we talk about it and view it. So I was expecting more Christmas. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, it probably, uh, it probably got cut out probably, because, yeah, if, if, probably. I mean, because yeah. the fact that she wrote Satan Claus, but there was no mm-hmm. mention of Santa Claus or anything in there. Yeah. Probably means that it was in original script. Yes. Right. But it yeah, just, yeah, you're right. Floor. I suspect as well. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, that's kind of my feeling, right? Like when you watch it, you have like those moments where you're like that open, the opening with, with you know, with the football player with the gun on the on the field, right? Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. you know, kind of really doesn't come up in any way after the fact, other than he's tied to gambling, which is ultimately, well, like kind, kind of the main plot, right? Like, I mean, there's, well, there is the one line about, you know, when, when, when basically when Bruce Willis is, you know, telling Damon Wayne to get out of his house and all that stuff. And then you're like the whole, <laughs> which again, it's just a quotable line about, you know, then you've been a cold Dan Coney with your pancakes, <laughs> you right. know, try to yes. try to get through that yes. whole thing. But yeah, I agree with you. It's kind of like, it's just sort of, I mean, it's a weird, that's one thing I did notice was a weird commentary on, like I said, that when we talked about the fact that gambling is so prevalent now, right. it all was right. kind of like, it, they don't come out and say, I mean, it's injuries. And like, why do you think there's a stat line about injuries? And that's true. Yeah, you know, yeah, 
That yeah. whole thing is that commentary on football. And again, that's 30 years ago. Right, right. No, I know. I, I thought that too. Like, like how, how forward thinking does that scene feel like? <laughs> right. Exactly. Watching now, right? Like, you know, like, I started on painkillers because of my knees. Yes. And then when that stopped, like, yeah. <laughs> all it needed to me, all that scene needs is a moment of, of mentioning like concussions. And you're like, why did you know? How did Shane Black know that this was going to be? And again, I don't know how much that was a thing that was talked about at that point either. Right. That would have been mm. the sequel, CTE. Yeah. Right. <laughs> NFL covering up CTE would have been the sequel to this. But just the idea, like, like I said, just the idea that he was that far, that forward thinking in it, you know, and now it's like, you know, like, what were you guys fighting for? What was anybody right. fighting for? Because, I mean, when, when, when he's, you know, when basically um, Joe is, is explain when they're in the, in explaining the, basically the, the exposition part of the end before they do the bit with the bullets and shred, um, you know, there's the whole thing about, well, you know, you're, you're basically taking money from the mob. They're the ones that, that, that handle gambling. And I'm like, right. eh, not so mm-hmm. much, not anymore. <laughs> right, right. No, like, <laughs> right. I, was, I was really struck by that watching it too, when I figured out uh-huh. that that's what's going on, because... I mean, it was only just a few years ago that it, it started being at the state level, not the national right. level, but at the state level that states started legalizing sports gambling outside of like, you know, it wasn't legal in a few, but now it's like widespread to where it's mm-hmm. here on East Coast where we are. And you get like the books on the evening news sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking about that because and the, the reason they give for it is that the NFL's dying. Well, they don't call it NFL, I guess. Whatever. The mm-hmm. pro football mm-hmm. is dying because they can't right. use the real names back then. Right. Because uh, we talked about in our sports episode that they weren't allowed to <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and probably right. would have never been allowed to for a movie like this. Baseball actually might let you do it. It's weird. Baseball is <laughs> very loose with the, with their license, <laughs> but NFL never would. I thought it was interesting that 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 along those lines there's obviously no NFL stuff you know it's, right. it's supposed to be some other whatever their universe league is yeah but there is there is Nike equipment right Nike right. has no problem <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that is yeah. funny yeah yeah it was that the explanation that they gave was that you know the league's drying up like mm-hmm. it's, the ratings are down it's losing money like we're gonna shift our revenue stream mm-hmm. and then I look back into real like our real history of mm-hmm. like NFL ratings are down revenues yeah. drying up and all of a sudden you get these state initiatives that are like, we need to legalize sports gambling. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, is it yeah. that? Was it the NFL lobbying this the whole time? Because <laughs> it oh, could no, very man, well have come to fruition after it, just like they said. But what's my understanding that as far as gambling is concerned, it was always prevalent um, electronically. And what I mean by that is, wasn't there an issue with internet gambling? Like, the, 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 uh, to me, it was a push from that. Right, it would, because would, they would be based overseas, so... Yeah, it was never something that um they could openly control, but right. as far as mob is concerned, that their stranglehold on it was declining over a period of time. Right. Mm-hmm. For it to come into a disfruition, hell, remember, it took 30 years, but it, but it came, yeah. and it's definitely um prevailing as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... Like, we talk about the fact that we're, you know, where, we, where we are located geographically, it's one of those things where we used to have a sports station that was prevalent, an FM station in town that was that was the sports station, and now they might as well just be Bet Window as a, as a station because <laughs> yeah. that's all they do is hedge bets all day. Right. I mean, the amount of coverage they yeah. had for sports has diminished to the point of like, well, what's the line on this? What's your trifecta on this? What's my you know what am I going to bet for for my 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 for my weekend? And it's you know again watching that like knowing that and then watching this movie again, I was just like, well, yeah. <laughs> it like it yeah. It did remind me, like, just drawing a, a comic parallel briefly. Like, mm-hmm. we all read Darwin Cook's 
The Outfit, the second in his Parker mm-hmm. series, yeah. which is the mm-hmm. one that goes into in-depth explaining a lot of rackets that the mob has going at that point in time. And that was the one with the, the sequence is always like the way it works is this. Right. And then he explains this entire racket that the mob had going. <laughs> right. And then you find out one of them is just the lottery. Like mm-hmm. one of the rackets at the time of the Parker book was written was literally just the lottery. You go into a mm-hmm. bodega, you, you pick your numbers, you get a ticket. But yep. at the time the books were written, it was illegal. Like it was highly, mm-hmm. highly illegal. And now then every state, every state in the union own. has multiple lotteries now. So yes. it kind of reminded me of that. Like it was a quaint look at a different time. But <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that was illegal. Like that yeah. was a big deal. <laughs> well, for me, this movie is a cult classic. <laughs> yeah there's a reason why it was a box out for success and i was part of those people that thoroughly enjoyed it i remember seeing it in the movie theater to be quite honest yeah it's funny because i didn't like being <laughs> such a such a bruce willis guy i was like no I, for whatever reason i never got around to seeing it and then i saw it like a million times when it was on like vhs or or dvd or whatever that's how i saw or it or tbs yeah. or tbs <laughs> for guys for movies for guys who like movies apparently right. so yeah yeah <laughs> Yes, and an edited, watered-down version of The Last Boy Scout. It's about, it's about 25 minutes right. long, as opposed to the hour and 45-minute runtime that it had in theaters. So they had to cut out a lot. They say fudge a lot. A uh, lot of fudge. Yes, a lot of fudge. Yep. A lot of fudge. <laughs> that was a refreshing thing, too, though, I'll say. It's going to sound like I'm throwing shade at the movie, and I'm not. I'm really mm-hmm. not. I mean this in, in utmost sincerity. It's it's so nice watching a movie that's under two hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you no, I mean, know, they, cover, like, I mean uh, they do a lot of, I mean, they get the bad of for being an hour and 45. They do, I mean, there's a lot of set pieces. They do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They you know, do. They move, they move around. They do, you know, there's, they, it they doesn't get feel their, short is the thing. And no, they get their no. bits in. And, 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 may, and maybe that's still like what my, what my, like movie clock is calibrated to and maybe that's mm-hmm. why like everything feels so long but it's like but you know yeah it's it's um i miss lean movies like yeah. this sometimes yeah but that, that was something i meant to forgot to mention that earlier when we were talking about the violence and the fact that the cartooniness of it the whole i'm gonna dance a jig bit to me is like you just <laughs> you know you just had this 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 gr- you know this gruesome fight you just watched a guy get eviscerated by bullets in front of you and then he falls mm-hmm. into a helicopter and then the last yep. bit is like, is he dancing? <laughs> like, yeah, that yeah. to me is like the, you know, the transition from like, you know, in, in a Warner Brothers mm-hmm. cartoon where like, we just watched something horrific happen, cartoonish no less, but at the same time, and now the character's like singing and dancing. Yeah. Well, I was amazed by how many cars blown up with how little car chase scenes they were. Mm. <laughs> Lots like, of parked it, cars blowing up. Yeah, a lot mm, of parked yep. cars blowing up. One in water. I'm not sure how that happened, but yeah, yeah. yeah. The one fell in water, <laughs> yeah. and then it blew up. You know? Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But several from blew up without even moving anywhere. A lot of car bombs. It was just like, okay, this blowing up. This is blowing up. Yeah. At one point before I did my research, I had the question of why was there no sequel, and now I know there's why there's no sequel. They hated each other. <laughs> Everybody they hated, hated each other. Each other. I think even the other. editor, like even the guy that edited the movie was just like, it's one of the most miserable, like he won't speak about it, but when he had spoken about it, he's like, it was one of the most miserable experiences of my life because everyone had mm-hmm. their opinion on what the cut should be. Right. On top of the fact that I guess Tony Scott is known for like shooting multiple camera stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of yeah. like I had, it wasn't just one or two shots. I had like a thousand shots I could choose from. And then once I would cut something together, someone would walk in and basically trample all over and be like, no, nah, put this back in. 
yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah, I heard I had heard that too. Yeah, that that Tony Scott shoots multiple cameras in every scene, and so there's a lot of coverage of stuff and everything. And and they ended up having to they replaced the editor, right? Mm-hmm. They ended up getting a, a new editor midway through. And when they when he got like all the raw footage, he was like, "This is there was like mountains of right. film reels to go through." Yeah. So <laughs> when it came to <laughs> editing this, yeah, it's hmm. which makes me go like, I'm surprised that there's no like there's no talk of like let's let's do the shane black cut yeah <laughs> of last boy scout right yeah <laughs> if he was his brother I there would be it. five different cuts of this well, movie of course. On DVD. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course yes. there would be yeah that's that's a good point because that i mean but that's the interesting thing too is that is that tony scott and shane black both have said like i like i like the original script better yeah. than, what, than what than what movie we got right right and yeah <laughs> yeah you're right but if it was ridley yeah we would have gotten five by now yes <laughs> And he'd be talking about making a sequel now. Right. <laughs> also, it'd be yeah. his next movie. <laughs> you probably, at this point, you probably talk those two people into coming back. Hell, they, they could use the work. <laughs> but what, one thing I, I was looking at, um, if they worked together again after that, which they didn't. Mm-hmm. But ironically, they worked one movie to get prior to this movie, which was Luke Who's Talking To. Okay. <laughs> when um, Bruce Willis is the talking baby. No, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the sequel, Damon Wayans plays his friend or whatever. Oh yeah, oh, and that's right. The voice of a baby. Yeah, I was like, did, yeah, I was like, huh, that's that's weird, but sure. It's like a prequel. Yeah, yeah. Before. Quick, <laughs> <laughs> did we fall into the trap of saying Shane Black wrote Die Hard? I did. Okay. He did not. It was my fault. Mm-hmm. I know okay. he did not. It's Jeb Stewart. I get this right. confused, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's because of the connection of the title coming from the Shane Black script. That I that's think that's it, what it was. It, it became, I think it got, became like a Mandela effect almost, where it's like a popular oh, misconception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was that and the idea, just the fact that it's Bruce Willis, I think is what tied yeah. it together in my head as well. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, surely it's... It, but yeah, you're right. I, 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 that's my fault. So I'll take, I'll take that one too. Ooh, and there's nothing, quick. and there's no, there's nothing out there about it. He didn't do like, he didn't script doctorate or something like uncredited or not anything. That I know right? of. No, the not that I know the of. The only connection I really know of. Okay. Oh, okay. well, hey, real quick. Do you guys peep what, what they're watching on the TV? The little girl? His daughter? Yeah. She's watching Lethal Weapon, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is a shameless plug. I was like, really, really. I think they should have had in living color in there somewhere though. Too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd have been hilarious. That'd have been hilarious. Homie the clown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Um, we are going to start closing out with what we do a lot for uh, some of our live action movie celebrations. So we're going to play the Muppet game, or we're going to. We're going to say who's the one character we would like to be the one human, the one human in this movie if everybody else was Muppets. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a review. And finally, if you want to suggest a topic, send it our way in the comments or on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials L-M-K-H-I-I. All right. Muppet game. I always feel like I sound so stupid saying this. I, I'm always a little self-conscious that like I'm saying it wrong. I got it right, right? It's, you did. It's one. It's one human, and right, everybody right. else is a is a Muppet, right? Correct. Okay. Right. Because that was like the normal yeah. Muppet movie pattern. Was it was right. tons right. of Muppets with occasional humans. Right. Yes. Getting a lot of great cameos, and then like one major star. Yeah, like Michael yeah. Caine in Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yes. That's a good one. That's a good. Yeah. Good example. I'll go first if you want to. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I pick Joe Santos. Joe Santos is the commissioner or at least the, the guy in the police department that always gives Joe uh, problems or doesn't believe him. Initially. Uh, the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. every time he comes home and just talks mess to him or because to me, it was a weird dynamic because uh, Bruce Willis character was on the force. So he could have arrested him at any time during a crime scene instead of warning him, <laughs> which made no sense to me. Like every time he does something, he catches him or at least he it's implied that he's messing up the investigation. It's not like he was supposed to give him chances. Like he kept giving him chances. I'm like, but he's not a person on the force. Why you keep giving him chances? That was just, that was, that, that'd be my uh, only human. Okay. Interesting pick. I was, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting the commissioner. All right. So in this, so my question is Tommy, who's playing Joe? Ooh, which Muppet? If I had to pick who's playing Joe, I'm trying to think. I mean, the the easy one is Kermit, but I don't want Kermit. <laughs> right, right. The easy to me, it'd be Fozzie, okay. Fozzie Bear, just because you know he, you know he's he'll never get things right. So him messing up always comes back to that, and him getting correct. Animal be too crazy. I mean, you can't. <laughs> oh, that animal, was my pick. Animal to me animal. Be, <laughs> No, no, animal has to be Taylor Negron. It's just, no. it's just, it's just, animal would be Billy, absurd. Billy Col- with uh, Billy, what's his name for Billy, the Billy, <laughs> shoot, shoot people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets Billy the phone Cole. call, for, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's oh, okay. That, that works. Animals that. afraid the mob is going to come again. Come again. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. that works. Those close up of that animals' works. eyes in the beginning and mm-hmm. in the locker room, and then Taylor Negrin calls or whoever plays Taylor Negrin's character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dishevels them. Like, yeah. I'm going to okay. Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, that would be funny. Right. Exactly. Sorry, not I. It'd be Animal going to Disneyland. Right. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Frank, who's yours? Well, I, I thought about it, and, and for a moment I wanted Bruce Willis, but I thought, no, I would keep Taylor Negron. Uh, but if, uh, I, Taylor Negron for me is, is this is Milo and then he's also the pizza guy from Fast Times at Ridgemont High right. so yes, but, in, but in this I would keep I would keep Milo and then I would have Gonzo play Joe yeah Gonzo was my pick for Joe <laughs> I would have Gonzo Jeez. play Joe Hallenpack and, and his relationship with Camilla is not going great no not at all <laughs> you know right. and then you'd have you'd have Fozzie in the in the closet yeah yep Oh, <laughs> I was, was going to say chef. Oh. chef. oh, chef's not bad. Chef's not bad. <laughs> chef in the closet was yeah. yeah. But then, but then oh. you know, then the, the fact that Gonzo would have to tell the chef had her gut. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I would. But my, I think Milo just Milo the, the Taylor Negron was so good as as you know the, the, as as Milo, um, and the, you know I don't know what he would call Gonzo for his full name. <laughs> that's my only thing like that was like as i was thinking about it, i'm like what would it, what would his full name oh he'd, he'd make he'd make it absurd like gonzalez or something you know just some, some, <laughs> right just stretch it all out yeah right. yeah oh that that works perfectly right yeah. but then who plays jimmy diggs hmm. that's a tough one beaker <laughs> <laughs> no i think that he'd have to say something he'd have to say yeah. he'd have to yeah. say and, uh, beaker in any role is hilarious let me just put yeah. that out there yes but, yeah 
I was just going for the laugh. No, I know. Um, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of the coding speech with with Beaker would would be awesome. So. <laughs> How about the what's the one guy that throws fish all the time? Oh, I know you're talking about uh, yeah. New Zealand. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Just the absurdity of him. The fact he can throw fish instead of a football right. to me is it's hilarious. <laughs> that, that would work. No, that's good. Yeah. Get the best hand. No, that's yeah. good. I like that. That works. And then Gonzo just dancing a jig at the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which one of the old guys in the balcony would you put as the owner at the end? Well, see, the owner, the guy, uh, what's the guy's name? Noble Willingham? Is that his name? I think so, yeah. I mean, that guy, like, that guy was busy in the 90s because he had this and he had, um, he's in City Slickers and he's also in Good Morning Vietnam. So he's been, like, getting Is he really? Like, yeah. He's like, the, he's a sergeant yeah. that, like, that likes Adrian Cronauer. It sort of keeps him out of trouble for a while, and then finally he goes too far when he is. Well, I don't want to spoil Good Morning Vietnam, but um, <laughs> anyway. And then in City Slicker, he's the guy. He's the guy that owns the ranch. So, um, uh, Statler, I guess. Well, okay. one can be one can be the owner, and one can be the senator. True. Good point. Right, right. Yeah, the way yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. since he's, especially Definitely. since the, the climax of the movie takes place in the balcony. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that would work. But yeah, that's my choice. I would keep Taylor Negron <laughs> and then fill out the cast with Muppets. Okay. Clifton, who's yours? Who are you keeping? Uh, the one I keep, I keep Damon Wayans. Okay. Uh, you get a different dynamic mm. depending on who you keep. And and because uh, a lot of times the Muppets like to go with a like a like a straight man, like a heavy straight man, like like mm-hmm. Charles Groden in my right. in <laughs> Muppet Great <laughs> right, uh, right. Muppet Caper. Yeah. Or uh or Michael Caine in, in Christmas Carol, but I think you know the Damon Wayans had the comedy that that he would be he'd bridge the gap between human and Muppet. I think very well <laughs> to be able to go yeah. along with it, to be able to go along with the zaniness instead of instead of just working counterpoint to it. Yeah, I'm with you. No, I, Damon Wayans is my pick too. I think that plus also like like I like the idea that that he is. The actual human is the has been quarterback that that could have been great, right. and and like <laughs> so, I just think like bookend that with like an opening sequence with all Muppets playing football, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, always kicked this, out of the league. This, yeah, yeah. This yeah. guy that's like that towers over all. <laughs> yeah, gets kicked out is of that, the league. Yeah, no place for him in the sports. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He couldn't take the pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. I, I'm, I'm with you, Clifford. I like it when the Muppets are the straight man sometimes too. And I just, yeah, like <laughs> him with a with with a scowly, uh, uh, you know, I don't know who I would get to be the Bruce Willis character. I kind of want to go to Sesame Street and say like, get give me Oscar the Grouch, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it works. It works. Oh, uh, we've lost our minds. <laughs> All right, guys, tell us what you think about Last Boy Scout in the comments. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. Just please remember to like us and follow us on social media, and we will see you guys next week. Have a good one.